Are we on, Bob? Yes, we are. Thank you. More than one deal way of getting excited this morning, isn't there? And so we are excited about uh, being here this morning. And uh, this is our once-a-year uh, situation where we invite Gideons in and have a Gideon report. And we're excited about that this morning. But the other thing I want to remind you of, did you all see our kids up here this morning? Mm. Anything unique about those kids you all saw? We had nine boys and three girls. If you were down at the Methodist church this morning, there would be nine girls and three boys. And they're working on more girls. So uh, we need to work on some more boys. Some of you all need to work on some more boys. Anyway, just an observation, just an observation. Uh, this is our Gideon Sunday, and, and I'm excited about uh, uh, Brother Teddy Woods coming uh, to be with us. We have about 60 churches in the county uh, depending on what day you count. And this morning we'll, we'll have uh, 28 speakers out to different churches across Greene County this morning. And so we're thankful for that and thankful for the invitation that we have to, to come this morning. Our speaker this morning is Brother Teddy Woods. He spoke to our pastors last night. He spoke to our Gideons last night over in the CLC. Teddy comes to us from uh, Manchester, Kentucky. He's a CPA uh, up there and goes, he and his wife Marsha go to Horse Creek uh, Baptist Church. And Teddy has, I don't know that he's been around the world, but he's probably been to a lot of the points in the world. He's, he's been to Spain, Thailand, the Philippines, Lesotho, and Mexico. So he is a world traveler, so to speak. He's got lots of experiences he could talk with, with us about, so he's narrowed that down to a few this morning. And so, Teddy, you come and share with us, please. So, Brother Teddy Woods uh, from Manchester, Kentucky, welcome. Thank you, brother. Go ahead and start. Give a Gideon card, the greeting card that changes everything. Gideon cards are beautiful expressions of faith, hope, and love. Unlike other greeting cards, Gideon cards are actually free. And when you give a Gideon card, you donate scriptures that God can use to change lives for eternity. I picked up a Gideon's Bible and read it and became immediately peaceful in a way that I had never experienced at the time. Each year, Gideon's placed some 90 million scriptures into the hands of people in over 195 countries all over the world. Gideon cards send the word and change a life. Visit sendtheword.org today. Gideon Cards. Send the word and change a life. Good morning. It's good to be in God's house this morning. This morning I want to share with you something that's very near and dear to my heart. And I hope by the time you leave out these doors... That it's near and dear to your heart also. And that's the Gideons International. The Gideons International is a group of Christian business and professional men. And we have one purpose and one purpose only. And that is to win men, women, boys and girls to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. 
And we do that through the distribution of God's holy word. In 200 countries around this world, in over 90 different languages and dialects, and last year we placed over 87 million copies of God's word, all because of you. All because of you. Because without you, this ministry would cease to exist. Because you see, this ministry is an extended arm of the church. We would not be able to exist without you because it's from the church that we get the most important thing, our prayer support. It's from the church that we get our financial support, and it's from the church that we get our members. Because to be a member of the Gideons International, you have to be a member in good standing of a local Bible-believing church, and you have to have the recommendation of a pastor. So if there's any bad Gideons, you blame the pastors. It's all their fault. But today, I want to share with you how this ministry is touching lives around the world and changing lives around the world. And I want you to know that you are making a difference in the world, in, the, in those 200 countries. <clears throat> this is a picture of downtown Bangkok, Thailand, beside one of the top hotels in the world. And there's a shrine there built to Buddha. Uh, where they come and they, they lay their offerings there at this shrine. And, and the incense was so strong that you would, could barely breathe. And I thought to myself, you know, these people, I wish they knew the truth. I wish they knew the truth. And we were able to share with some of those people and uh, saw differences made there. I'll never forget going up into the northern, northeastern part of Thailand in a, in a, a city called Kong Khan. And so, so poor. Uh, families living under a piece of tin. That was their home. Went to the school. It was a, just a cinder block shell. Uh, no windows, no doors, dirt floors. And the teacher, she said to me, you have no idea what you're doing. I said, sure. I said, we're, we're handing out the Word of God. We're giving these children the Word of God. She went, no. No. You're doing... Much more than that. She said, you're giving these children a book. A book they've never held in their hands. They didn't even know how to accept it. Because they never held a book in their hands. This is going to become an heirloom to them. They're going to pass it down from generation to generation. They're going to be able to take it home with them. They're going to be able to open it up. And they're going to be able to show their parents and their grandparents that they can read. And they'll be reading from the Word of God about a man named Jesus who's alive and alive forevermore, not in a man named Buddha who's dead and in the ground. Do you have any idea what an impact you're going to have on this country? And I just stood there and I cried because I hadn't really realized what a difference that we're making around this world, touching lives that have never heard the name of Jesus. And it's all because of you. How because of you know, <clears throat> God's placed, blessed me to go to those different parts of the world with those hands that are reaching, reaching out, begging for a, for a scripture. And it's always great to be able to, to, to witness to those that we come in contact with and share about the man named Jesus. You know, this guy, he, he really knows where all the answers are. They're found right here in the Word of God. The world is searching for the answers. Never forget going to, to Spain in the city of Sevilla. 
It's actually where Columbus sailed out of. And uh, it was hard. It was hard because the people didn't want the Word of God. Uh, I've never been treated like I was there because they threw the Bibles at us. They spit at us. They would get in front of us and set the Testaments on fire and throw them to the ground, saying, this is what I think of your God. But God used us in a mighty way. And I hear from those Gideons there in Spain all the time, and they tell me, you know, those scriptures that we placed almost 15 years ago, they're still lives being touched by those Bibles right now. Because God's Word tells us that it will not return unto him void. It's going to accomplish that which he pleases. In the country of the Philippines, I went to a, a, a little island. Uh, it's about 200 miles south of, of Manila. Uh, it's uh, 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 the, the island of Cebu. We were in the city of the Cebu City there. And uh, it was, it was kind of like going back in time because every morning the, the children, they would gather around their flagpole and they would say their pledge to their flag and they would sing their national anthem. They would go into their classrooms and they would pray. They would pray. And it amazed me because we were able to go into the classrooms and we were able to share the gospel with those children. We can't do that here in this country, but we can there. We can't do that here because we've sat around and let it happen. As Christians, we've sat and let it happen. But there, it was, it was so wonderful to be able to, to share with the classrooms and have many of them make decisions for Christ and sign the back of the book. I'll never forget, we was going through the classrooms and we are on our way out. And this lady, her name was Remy, and she made her living going around from school to school selling little baked goods. And um, she saw what we were doing, and she said, hey, hey, can I have one of those? And I said, no, these are for the children. Because when we come to you and we ask, we ask for you to give, we tell you we're going to put the Bibles in certain places. We're going to put them in hotels and motels. We're going to put them in doctor's offices and lawyer's offices, just in the highways and byways in life where people will have a chance to pick it up, open it up, and read from the Word of God. You know, this is an amazing book. It's the only book ever written that when you open it up and start reading, the author shows up. He shows up and he changes lives. But, you know, we as Gideons, we, uh, we always carry Bibles around with us that we buy ourselves. We call them personal workers' testaments. And I, I pulled this one out of my pocket, and I said, if you'll let me talk to you for just a second, I'll give you this one. And she said, okay. And I handed it to her, and I said, are you a Christian? She said, yeah, I'm a Christian. And that's what they all would say. I said, well, if you were to die right now, what would happen to you? She said, well... I hope that God would let me into heaven. I said, well, ask me that question. She said, well, if you die right now, what would happen to you? I said, well, I know that I'm going to heaven. She stuck her hands on her hips. She said, how do you know? How do you know that you're going to heaven? I said, because that little book that you hold in your hand tells about a man named Jesus. He came to this world. world. God in flesh, he lived a sinless life. And he went to a cross, he died for your sins and for my sins. I said, if you believe that, that he, he, he died, but on the third day he arose. He's alive and he's alive forevermore. 
I said, would you like to have that assurance that you're going to heaven? She said, yeah, I would. I said, well, let's open it up, open that little book up to the back. And I said, do you know that God loves you? She said, yeah, I know God loves me. And I had her read John 3.16 and Romans 5, 8, <clears throat> right out loud right there on the steps of that little school. And I said, do you know you're a sinner? She said, oh, yeah, I'm definitely a sinner. All my friends are sinners, too. And I had her read Romans 3.23 and 3.10, and we kept going down through the plan of salvation. And I could see the expression on her face start to change. Tears started rolling down her face. She got to the end. She said, I want to ask Jesus into my heart. And right there on the steps of that little school, she knelt down, and she prayed and asked Jesus into her heart. Because in one little Bible, one little Bible changed the life. I said, now listen, we've got lots of places to go. Because we, we, we placed 267,000 copies of God's Word in four and a half days while we were there. It was an amazing task because there were only six of us. And one of the guys we had to put in the hospital on Wednesday because he got kidney stones. He said he spent his day counting the roaches crawling up and down the, the, the walls. It was, it was so different there. It was, like I said, it was like going back in time. But we went on down to our, to our next uh, uh, church, our next school, and we were finished going through the classrooms, and there she was again. And, and, and she seen me. She said, hey, 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 come here. I want to ask you a question. I said, okay. She said, where do you go to church? I said, well, we're, we're non-denominational. We're not really affiliated with any church. She said, that's not what I ask you. Where do you go to church? I said, well, I go to a Baptist church, but that might be where God, not where God wants you to be. I said, you need to pray and ask God where he wants you to be. She said, well, I think I'll try that Baptist first. I said, well, that's, that's a pretty good choice. And, but she, I said, I want to buy some of your baked goods. She, she picked up a little pack of crackers there. It looked like little Ritz crackers. And she said, these are my best Rosquillos. And I said, how much? She said, oh, no, you know, pay me. I said, yeah, I want to I want to pay you because I know that, that, you know, money's scarce there. They work, they were hardworking people. They work from nine o'clock in the morning to nine o'clock at night and they make two dollars a day. A Bible is something they'll never, ever probably be able to afford to buy. But she said, you have given me something more precious than every cookie that I will ever bake every cookie i'll ever bake more worth god is at work in this ministry now they took me up on top of this hill where they had this military installation they wanted me to speak to a group of men who were training to be uh, uh uh chaplains and when i walked in i noticed that one thing that not many of them had a bible they didn't have the most important weapon that they could hope to have, uh, the Word of God. But now they do. They do have the, the Word of God, all because of you, all because of you. You know, a, a couple of years ago, I had the privilege of going to the country of Lesotho. Now, I know that there's not many of you that know where Lesotho is. I had never even heard the name of Lesotho. But it's a small country. It's about half the size of Kentucky, and it's lo- located Inside of South Africa, it's south of Johannesburg. 
And everyone that I talked to told me that we were going to the capital city of Maseru. Maseru is located right here, and it's a very modern city. It's as modern as any city we have here. And they told me that we would go out during the day out into the country, but we would stay in Maseru. But that's not what happened. When we were met at the airport, uh, the group of Gideons that live in this part of the country, they took us to the other side of the country in a place called Kajasnik, which is right here. Now, Kajasnik is a, uh, a little village. Um, uh, it's named after a chief. His name was Kacha, and Nick means pass. So this was a pass through the mountains. This is what the country looked like. And it... Uh, it's unlike any other place I've ever been. Um, if you'll notice, there's not any trees. Um, there, it's uh, very mountainous. Uh, most of the elevation is 5,000 feet above sea level. Uh, it's very hard to breathe in most of the places. Um, and it was hard. We went to 199 schools while we were there that week. We placed almost 50,000 copies of God's Word. Now, this is downtown Kochesnick. It kind of reminds me of where I'm from, Manchester. It doesn't look much different, really. But you get a few a block or two from that downtown part there where there is an asphalt road, and it's like going into uh, a different world. Um, the, the road is awful. This is the local mall. Uh, how many would enjoy shopping there? Their clothing store was just a pile of clothes sitting there on the on the side of the, the the street, and this is what they lived in. This is their homes. Uh, they call well, they were called roundavals, little, little uh, round. Most of them were round, built out of stone because there was stone everywhere, uh, and the the roof roofs were thatched, and this is where pe- the people wrapped themselves in the blankets because. Very colorful blankets because it's very cold there. Uh, there was still snow up on the mountains, and uh, it was it was just different. And this is what a a, a a usual. I hope we can get this going there. Is he going to go? Nope. You click on it, maybe it'll start. Nope. But anyway, our our usual day. Here we go. Uh, we we started down in the bottom of that valley there and worked our way up the side of this hill or the side of this cliff. And this is what a usual day was like traveling those trails. And, but really, this is one of the better roads, really. And we ha- we would have to get out. We'd have to throw rocks out of the out of the road. We have to get out and push. We'd have to get out and pray a lot. Uh, you know, when you get t- toward the top of those hills, many times you just start spinning. You have to get out and push. Um, it was very scary. And if you notice, there's no guardrails, and you didn't have to worry too much about meeting anybody because, you know, those little roundabouts, they didn't have attached garages. Uh, these, these people were very, very poor. They, um, uh, they, they, they struggled to, to live from day to day. 
they have a hard time living because the the average lifespan there is 42 years old. Many of the villages that we went into, half the people had AIDS. They have no hope. The only hope they have is in Jesus Christ. You know, <clears throat> every day... We prayed before we left every day as a group that God would protect us, and he did. He did protect us. And when we would get to the schools, uh, how's it going to work? Here we go. This is what the classroom looks like. How many of our kids would go to class in a place like that? You know, it was so wonderful to be able to, to give those children their very own copy of God's Word and how happy, happy they were. I, I, I cannot express to you how happy they were. We got, we got to the first school on Monday, I'll never forget. And the, the Gideon that was signed, assigned to my team, his name was Paul. And we got to the school and the children, they were standing about as far as from here to that first pew from me with this look of fright on their face. And I turned to Paul and I said, Paul, what's, what's wrong with these children? Why, why do they look so scared? He said, Ted, they've never seen a white man. And it broke me. Because here was this old country boy. Hillbilly from the hills of Kentucky come all the way around the world to give them the most precious gift they could ever hold in their hand. I went up to and I shook one of them's hand. Then they all came at me. They wanted to rub my skin and they would rub and rub because they knew there had to be black under there somewhere. God used us in a mighty way. You see, the Gideons had never been to this part of the world. They never knew the name of Jesus. But they do now because of you, because of each and every one of you. Now, we were pulling away. And I turned around and I seen this. And I said, Paul, you've got to stop. You've got to stop. I got out and took this picture. Because there was a teacher teaching from the very Bibles that we just give them. Because now they each one had their own book of the same, which they never had before. Now look at those faces. How happy. How happy. The only chance that they'll ever have is to get away from there. To get an education and leave. Because there's no hope for them there. Now, Wednesday, our leader came up to me and he said, Ted, you want to go for a horseback ride today? I said, sure. I used to have a horse when I was younger, and, and uh, but it had been many years since I've been on a horse. And uh, we we, uh, we drove for over three hours to get to this place where, where the guy had the horses, and there were five schools that we knew that we could not get to by four-wheel drive. So the only way to get to them was by horseback or walking, so we... We got horses and we rode out to those five schools. There were three different teams of us, and I was able to go to two schools. It was uh, our leader and myself and, and our guide. Now, our guide is down there at the bottom, 
he had a name about that long, so I named him Tonto. And Tonto, <clears throat> Larry got down there a little past, past uh, Tonto, and he fell, and he couldn't get to his feet. And I went to him, and and uh, I said, uh, are you going to be able to get up? He said, no, I can't get up. I can't go any further. I said, well, that's okay. We'll sit here and we'll rest a while and, and then, we'll, uh, then we'll go back up to camp. He said, no, that's not what's going to happen. You've got to go because if you don't go, those children are not going to get a Bible. You're the only way that they're going to get a Bible. So he finally convinced me of that. And, and uh, the, that was the easy part because, you know, we couldn't speak a word of Sesutu and, and Tonto, he couldn't speak a word of English. So... We had to convince him that that was what was going to happen. We did, and Tonto and I went on, and and uh, we crossed rivers and streams, and up and down the sides of those cliffs. And you would you would ride the horses up the hill. Well, you didn't really ride; you held on for dear life, and you would walk the horses down. Now, the first village that we went to was way back in the top of one of those mountains there, and. Uh, it took us about three hours, over three hours, to get to the first village. And this is kind of what the horseback ride was like, if we can get that going. It was it was scary. Um, just one little slip is all it would have took to go down hundreds and hundreds of feet uh, uh, drop. Um, God's hand was on us while we were there. He protected us, uh, and he used us to get the Word of God into places that had never had the Word of God. You know, before Jesus ascended up into heaven, he gave us one last commandment, to be his witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. This was the uttermost parts of the world. And you are the reason the word of God is going out to those uttermost parts of the world. You know, I wouldn't tell my wife what we were experiencing that week until I got home. Because I didn't want her to worry. But it was so hard. So hard. So tiring. You know, there were those three teams one of the teams didn't get back to almost midnight that night. Can you imagine riding on trails like that? Pitch black, dark, no lights. God's hand was on us. And he used us. We got to the first village and and uh, we met the, tr- the, the, the schoolmaster on the trail there. And she got sick that day and let school out early. And we, I talked to her and, and, and told her, you know, what we were there for. And, she, and she, she'd already heard that we were coming with Bibles. And, and she said, I'll go back. And she said, can my, can my parents, there's some parents that want to come. Can they come? And I said, sure. And they, uh, uh, they came and we were in this little room there. And uh, I shared the gospel with them, and had, there was many of them accepted Christ as their personal Lord and Savior while we were there. Many of the many of the parents did too, and even one of them. This is what the classroom was when we got there. 
but I shared the gospel with these children and these parents that you can see in the background right there. And uh, one of the parents got up and she started shouting and singing and dancing, and and we had church right there. It, it was a, it was a, it was pretty uh, pretty special. But we got into the second village and the the, the shadows of the of the mountains had come over the the. the the village there, as you can see, you know, there were hundreds of those roundabouts all up and down the sides of those mountains. We got off my horse, and there was a man that came up to me, and he said, you leave man on mountain. I said, what? He said, you leave man on mountain. I said, how do you know? He said, me see you leave man on mountain. That would be like seeing a gnat back there on the, that back wall because we left Larry about right there. And I said, well, is he still there? He said, no, he go back up mountain. And I said, well, thank you, Lord, because I figured we'd go back and find Larry dead right there on that mountain. I really did, and I prayed for him that whole day. And I was so glad that he, he was okay and went back up the mountain found out later on that that night that that he was okay but we got there and uh, uh was able to get the students because school had let out long long before we got there but the schoolmaster got the kids together and was able to give them their very own copy of god's word but those faces is something that i want you to remember those faces that you're touching you're touching it was so good to go into the high schools. There were a couple of high schools that were close there to Koch's Neck. And it was so amazing because they would open the Bibles up and start reading them. As soon as we would hand them to them, they'd have questions. And we were able to, to answer those questions. And uh, it was pretty special. At the end of the week, we, we paid our, our men that helped us uh, transport the Bibles that week. And this man right here, his name was Sugar. <clears throat> and I told Sugar, I said, Sugar, I said, are you a Christian? He said, no, no, sir, me no Christian. I said, well, Sugar, wouldn't you want to go to heaven? He said, I'm such a bad man, God would not let me into heaven. I said, Sugar, none of us deserve to go to heaven, not one of us. But we all can go to heaven if we'll believe, if we'll believe. I was able to lead him through the plan of salvation right there in our hotel room. And there's Sugar signing the back of the book, accepting Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. We got outside, and he said, you must take my picture. I said, well, why, Sugar? Why do I? I said, I've already got a picture of you. No, you must have a picture of me like this because you must have a picture of the happiest man in the world. Because now I am the happiest man in the world because Jesus is in my heart. All because of one little scripture. You know, I have many people ask me, wasn't there any girls at school? There was. Because one of the requirements to go to school was you had to shave your head because of lice. So those are all girls right there. Uh, they, uh, they, uh, the other requirement is that they have something to eat out of. And that's something that, you know, the, these special boxes uh, the, that are going around the world, uh, many of those have, have bowls in them or, 
or can can be used to to eat out of because that's one of the requirements that that you have to have to go to school to have something to eat out of. But uh, we saw we saw the back of the book sign many many times that thousands of times that week, and those happy faces is something that I'll never forget, and I hope that you never forget either. You know, the world is searching for answers, answers that can only be found in the Word of God. You know, this morning I want to ask you for a few things. First, I want to ask you for your prayers, because your prayer is the most important thing. In the book of James, it tells us that the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much, and I believe that with all my heart, but it also tells us we have not because we ask not. There's Gideons and Auxiliary that are sacrificing around this world to get the Word of God out to people that don't know the name of Jesus. We need your financial support now more than ever because there's such a need in this world for the Word of God. You know, right now we have orders for scriptures for over 10 million scriptures that we cannot fill because we don't have the funds to buy. We need your help. Now, more than ever, we want you to use our getting card program. If there's, a, if there's a man here today that feels called into this ministry, I want you to get with the Gideons here in this church and tell them, you know, you feel that call into this, this God-called ministry. You know, when we, went, when we go to schools that we're able to get into here in this country, we give to the fifth grade and, and to high school. Uh, but since we had never been to Lesotho, we gave from fourth grade on up, except one school. One school, the school, school master came to me and she said, well, what about my third graders? I said, well, third graders cannot usually read well enough to, ha- to have their own book. She said, well, my third graders can read. And before I could turn around, she was gone. In just a minute here, she came back with all of her third graders, and they showed me that they could read. So guess what? They got one too. But God used us in a mighty way, but these are the children that didn't get one, looking through the window, wondering, who's going to give? Who's going to give? Who's going to take the time to go back? Because every classroom that we went to, every single classroom, they had one question to ask us. When are you coming back? When are you coming back? Will you ever come back? You know, many times I'm asked, of all the things that I've experienced, what stands out the most? And it has to be in the Philippines. You know, when we go into the classroom, we would tell the, the teacher what we were there for, and she would, they would always say, how can you do that? How can you give every one of my students their very own Bible? But it's all because of you. But this one classroom, the, the teacher, she turned to her students and she said, children, what did we pray for this morning? What did we pray for this morning? And they all yelled out at the same time, Bibles, Bibles, Bibles. They've been praying for two years for just one Bible. One Bible. And we were there to give each and every one of them their very own copy of God's Word. God is at work in this ministry. There's one last thing I want to ask you. Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Do you know if you were to die right now, do you know that you know that you know 
that you're going to heaven. One last picture I want to leave you with. The Gideons that had took a boat. It was the only way to get to the school. School was three miles away from where they landed. They took the Bibles that they could carry out to that school. These children didn't get a Bible. But they followed every step of the way back to that boat, hoping that there was a Bible left in that boat for them. But there wasn't. Who's going to give? Who's going to take the time to go back to these children? I want to thank you for your time and your attention. This has been a wonderful service. I hope that it has inspired you, and I hope you've enjoyed what you've got to see. God bless you. Thank you. to be said um, and so I'm not going to continue on um, it's been a powerful service today God's doing a lot we've had a lot of things happen um, but I, I wonder where your responses are to several of his questions first and foremost do you know Christ as your Lord and Savior let's remember folks when we see those images on the screen they are no different than us we are not the hero we have the same problem they do and that is sin and the only thing that will heal that is the name of Jesus his death on that cross for my sin and your sin and for their sin. And man, if you don't know that and you don't know the peace and the joy and the hope of eternity. For others of you, I want to compel you to be a part of giving this morning. Of sending the word of God to the nations, man. If that doesn't move your heart to want to take the gospel to the nations, then you need to examine the first question. And finally, others, I want to ask you, not only as a Gideon, but will you be a part of taking the gospel to the nations? You going? Will you answer Jesus' call to take the gospel to the nations? Yes, start across the street, start here in Greensburg, but I want to compel you and ask you, does it not move your heart that Christ would leave heaven for you? To bring you the hope of forgiveness and eternity with him. He laid his life down. I'm asking you, are you willing to lay down your life to say, Jesus, wherever you lead, I'll what? I'll go. We sing it. Man, what an opportunity this morning to be a part of, of responding the gospel and to give. And when, I, when it comes time to give, I always ask myself one question. Why did God give? It's the verse most of all of us know, John 3 and 16. For God so loved the world, he what? He gave, didn't he? It was love that moved his heart to give. Do you sense that love in your heart? Love those faces, those people. I hope and pray you do. This morning, would you respond? Anything. There's been a lot going on. Others of you need to come and unite with us as a church. I encourage you this morning. Would you respond to the gospel this morning?